You're listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and I invite you to be curious about your unique experience of being human. In this podcast, we'll explore the deeper meaning of ordinary life experiences through conversation, stories, and education. You might have a serious aha moment, or you might just be amused by the movie your life seems to be imitating, or you might just be entertained by one of my awkward stories. I'm hoping you'll become more aware of those moments when a deeper part of you is prompting you to see things differently and maybe even go a new direction. So let's get started. In this episode, I read a blog post from January of 2021. This one needs no introduction. Let's jump in. The title is, I didn't become a romantic until I got divorced. Midlife Reflections. Did you come of age in the 1980s? What kinds of messages did you internalize having to do with gender roles? Have you thought about how those messages may have shown up as limiting beliefs that stand in the way of fully expressing yourself in midlife, whether you're a man or a woman or don't identify with either of those genders? Only now can I appreciate the complexity of my own coming of age experience. It was a time of great progress in many ways, the 1980s, but the price of admission to the cold professional world was detaching from any sense of feminine or focus on relationship. The excitement of new possibilities was matched by an almost equal amount of intense anger that found righteous validation in political movements couched in religious belief. The impact on women of being constantly demonized as family wreckers and sexual deviants cannot be overstated, especially when the chorus included other women. Any of this sound familiar? In this post, I share a little bit about how I came to find and begin healing my wounds related to the feminine, masculine, sexuality, and spirituality. Then I offer an exercise you can try to strengthen the relationship with your feminine through your body for men and women, as we all have a feminine and masculine style of consciousness. Enjoy the post. And if you like it, please share, offer a comment. Please consider financially supporting my podcast, Dose of Depth, with a $5 monthly contribution. I would really appreciate it. Respect before love. In my 20s, I was adamant about asserting my independence. I suspect many women my age might remember saying things like, don't buy me flowers. I don't need any help. Let me hold the door open for you. Nah, Valentine's Day is just another way for Hallmark to sell stuff. Let me buy this one. I dress for me, not for men. My desire for independence eclipsed any admission of vulnerability. It had to be that way, though. It's that arc of justice thing. It takes a while. I was playing a role that comes naturally for me, that of a rebel. Denying a part of myself, though, would end up leaving a scar. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes a baby in a baby carriage. Nope, that could wait. I was after respect. A kind of inner respect that would come from self-determination. Respect from others would be an added benefit. A note about men. Not to say that changing gender roles has been smooth sailing for men. I cringe sometimes when I think about how I responded to simple acts of kindness shown by my ex-husband. He was a great sport, though. He understood, as much as he could. The dismantling of male privilege is, I'm sure, a huge blow to the ego. Only men who do not rely on validation through being ranked over others 
like what patriarchy thrives on, are not threatened by women taking their rightful place as equals. Reconnecting with the feminine requires reconnecting with the body and sexuality. The ultimate price of detaching from a huge part of what it means to be human are a wounded and sometimes angry feminine and an overworked and resentful masculine. How does this show up in your life? The feminine, of course, isn't female or woman. The feminine is the partner to the masculine, which exists in every human being. The feminine and masculine are styles of consciousness, approaches to living, and when one is artificially elevated above the other, the result is real sickness, emotional, physical, economic, environmental, and spiritual, especially when the perceived weaker style of consciousness is denigrated. It's denigrating a part of ourselves. It wasn't until the moment when the force of knowing my marriage would indeed be ending a divorce that it hit me that a buried feminine snuck out of my shadow. The emotional safety net of my 24-year marriage was now gone, and up and out of my unconscious came an unleashed and childlike feminine. First, there were many intense and uncomfortable events that unleashed buried shame and humiliation related to men and sex. Then came spontaneous bursts of the kind of pure joy children embody before people begin molding them into what they think is proper. I found myself unexpectedly doing cartwheels on the beach, skipping down the sidewalk. I felt impulses to draw with crayons while sitting at the bar, and I felt a manic excitement about my new job. As I let go of the old shame and allowed my buried child to come out and play, I also lost the 10 extra pounds I had gained before I gave myself permission to get divorced. Then, one day, out of the blue, when I was studying at the tiki bar at the beach, I noticed a twinge of arousal in my body after the much younger man walked away. I had helped him get the bartender's attention. Oh, there's that. Romance stuff, I said to my sister later that day. I didn't want it. I wasn't ready for it. I was still figuring out my life after divorce, and I was busy pursuing my new passion for depth psychology. Oh, and I had just started a new job. I was too busy to bother with romance. But that buried passion wanted to come out and play with my newly unleashed inner child. After the beach man didn't work out, I became obsessed with online dating. It wasn't romance I was seeking, though. It was another body to rub up against so I could come into better relationship with my own. The series of much younger men seemed to have some secret agenda. You have the body of a 30-year-old, one of them said. I laughed because I knew it wasn't true, but I went with it. I was genuinely intrigued by why so many millennial-aged men were attracted to me. I was 50. It was as if I was reliving a younger sexual version of me, but without the shame. I was attracting what I felt, I guess. Sexual attraction as an invitation from God. I took a break from online dating. I needed to settle down and finish the paper, which would determine whether I would secure my master's and get into the PhD program in depth psychology. Six weeks later, I was caught off guard when Aphrodite, known as the Greek goddess of love and beauty, took up residence in my body on a summer day down at the beach. Is he looking at me? I felt so self-conscious that I quickly looked down and then dismissed it as if it was my imagination. I casually snuck another peek to see if the man was still there. Is he looking at me? I couldn't take it. I looked down again. I couldn't stop myself from sneaking another peek at the tan man with curly light brown hair who was dressed in white shorts and a jade color shirt. My body became excited with anticipation. I could feel his stare through his aviator style sunglasses, but I couldn't see his eyes to know for sure. I felt excited and exposed. 
After seeing the empty space where he had been sitting, I looked the other direction, and there he was, squatting down at the end of my beach chair. I just had to find out what you're reading, he said. I wondered how long he had been watching me. I couldn't move. I'm reading about psychological types, I innocently and truthfully blurted out. Then I smiled back at him. Looking back now, I realized it was done for during this first interaction. So was the young man. He had been kidnapped by Hermes, the Greek god known as Guide of Souls. He shows up as a trickster and sends messages through synchronicities. The many ironies of the relationship that ended up sweeping me up guaranteed it would be transformative. All the juicy details are in my coming memoir, When Sex Meets God, a midlife story. Anyway, suddenly, all I wanted was to be a girl. To feel like a girl. At the time, when I shared my excitement with friends, I'd actually refer to him as a boy, as if I was a teenager again. One night, when we were out on a date, I said, Is it weird that I love it when you dig the crab meat out of the shelves for me? I really said that. I felt those butterflies in my stomach. He was my boyfriend. One of my wine-drinking friends was going through her own midlife unraveling at the time. We were both independent, professional women with children in high school, both having some new insights about being a woman after divorce. Sometimes I just want to be a girl, my friend would say over wine. And I'd say, yes, but not because I need someone, because it's just nice to be tended to. Without respect, love could feel condescending, as if I was a child needing to be parented. Looking back, I can see that the psychic forces of sexuality and spirituality had an agenda all their own, and had orchestrated the events that plunged me into what would become my first post-divorce relationship and a two-and-a-half-year journey of dramatic sexual and spiritual growth. By the way, the child born of Aphrodite's union with Hermes was the bisexual god Hermaphroditus, who inherited the beauty of both parents, bore both their names, and had the sexual characteristics of both. Coming into relationship with the feminine and taking the load off my masculine was the real purpose of my first post-divorce relationship. And that new balance led to the unleashing of a buried creative urge that is beginning to take shape now. Imagine what creative forces could be unleashed from the collective once humanity transcends the dominator model of social organization we call patriarchy. You can do this too. Try this. Do you have sexual wounds? Maybe that's too harsh a word. Do you have sexual hangups? Are you afraid of your own desires? Do you deserve to feel pleasure? Do you feel shame when you feel attracted to a man or woman who is not your partner? Even as you claim your sexuality, do you still feel shame or do you sense there's more to sexuality than penetration, toys, and role-playing? Do you have spiritual wounds? Is your religious dogma in conflict with your personal experience of God and truth? C.G. Jung suggested that there are no stronger human instincts than those of sexuality and spirituality. Sex and God, they are intertwined, and they are too powerful to be contained within and constrained by any words written by fallible human beings. You can't really think your way out of limited beliefs, especially when it comes to the feminine, sexuality, and the body. The wounds live in our bodies. Here's an active imagination exercise to help you come into deeper relationship with your own body and the wounds it might be carrying. I call it the elevator exercise. If you feel awkward or dismissive, that's a great reason to make yourself do it. Awkward means being open and vulnerable, which is required for deep connection with yourself and others. 
First, find a comfortable position and close your eyes. You can lean back on the couch or even lay down in bed. Take a few moments to notice your breathing and relax parts of your body that feel tense. Is there a part of your body you have a difficult relationship with? Maybe there's physical pain, backache, or migraines, or embarrassment or even disgust with a part of your body? Or perhaps you have a physical disability. Maybe you have sinus issues from allergies or recurring strep throat. There's always a psychological and emotional aspect to our issues with the body. Mine is my stomach. I'm a perfectionist about my weight. Now keep your eyes closed and imagine you are standing in front of an elevator. In your imagination, just look around and notice where you are. The elevator might be in a hotel lobby or in the middle of a field. Just allow your imagination to take you someplace. Now push the button, or perhaps the doors have already opened automatically. Notice the door, what it's made of, and the inside. Is it that brass color? Are there mirrors on the ceiling? Or maybe it's that dark cherry wood. Now push the button inside the elevator that will take you to that part of your body. Or if you didn't know where to go, just see where the elevator takes you. Notice if the elevator is going up or down, how fast. Maybe it's one of those clunky elevators. Just notice your experience. When the doors open, walk out. What do you see? How do you feel? What emotions are coming up for you? Curiosity? Anxiety? Fear? Is it dark? Light? Winding? Is it humid or cold? You might see literal body parts, or you might be in a house or somewhere else. Just allow your imagination to bring you images. If you feel safe, walk around, explore, touch, ask questions. Go on an adventure if you want. Other characters might show up too, and the scene might change. If you feel safe, hang out as long as you want. When you're ready to come back, just get into the elevator and notice if your return trip is different. Do a little breathing and then reflect about any associations or memories that are coming up. Journal about your experience. Don't judge it. Don't force anything. Just see if there are any ahas or new insights. When I did this exercise, I realized my stomach, my womb, was a place of great power, like the inside of a volcano where hot lava flowed slowly, growing in intensity. It felt warm and humid. When I got out of the elevator, I said out loud, there is a lot going on in there. Which makes sense. The stomach is the sacral chakra, a symbolic or literal womb of sexuality, emotion, relationship, creative forces all swirling together. During my midlife journey, as I reconciled the tension between my sexuality and spirituality, the result has been bursts of creativity and the courage to express myself in new ways. Thanks for being brave enough to try this and share it with others whose struggles or challenges might be manifesting as illness, injury, excess weight, or shame about their bodies. I know I'm not alone when it comes to the desire to reconnect with what feels like forgotten parts of ourselves. Sometimes it's a dramatic event that forces the issue, like me, 
And other times you just sense it's time to go deeper. If you're interested in more about the intertwining nature of sexuality and spirituality, I'll include links to other blog posts. One is titled, Men Are Not the Enemy, and the other is, Sex, God, and Transcending Patriarchy. Oh, and I'll also add a link to an episode of my Dose of Depth podcast titled, Can Christianity Transcend Patriarchy? My guest is a feminist Christian who has had her own inner spiritual reconciliation. I adore her. Until next time. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and you are listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. To get updates on new episodes, my writing, and how I teach my clients to get to know that deeper part of themselves, go to DebraLukovich.com. Oh, and if you're not ready for a coach, learn what my clients know in my book, Your Soul is Talking. Are you listening? Five Steps to Uncovering Your Hidden Purpose. You can check it out on my website or get it on Amazon.